Hello, beautiful peeps. Drisana here, otherwise known as Mama D, and this is the Adulting Podcast. And honestly, you know, this is going to be like episode one because I am really starting over. Um, I have not been a very good podcaster, and I have so much love that I want to share and so much information I want to share with you guys. And honestly, this was such a learning experience for me. Um, I didn't know anything about podcasting, and I have currently started doing a lot of interviews um, on my Instagram and I decided I should be using this and putting this on my podcast. And truthfully, um, with the podcast, I was editing way too much and that was intimidating for me. So I am just going to leave my ums in here and my, you know what I'm saying, and all my little quirkiness. And you're just going to get me because that is going to be much easier for me being authentic and, um, just making it work. And I will get better. I promise. Um, I hope you'll stick around and I hope that you love the content. Currently I am running a 30 day challenge that is completely free that you can find on my website at drasanamos.com. And it's about finding your own inner peace because I just want to have help everyone find mindfulness and just feel better because when we feel better inside, we act better and we take better care of ourselves and we have better external relationships and we can love people harder and we can love ourselves more and really self-love is really where it's at and so I am doing a 30-day challenge and I'm going to start posting the audio from the videos that I'm doing on my Instagram TV and this is the very first one that I've converted which is with my mother because she is just such a light. Um, My mother is um, has been studying under Osho, uh, who is a spiritual, um, teacher. Uh, she's been studying under him for the last 40 years and she is just so amazing. I love her so much. And I hope that you guys will too. Let's get into it. Here's my mama, Perarto Sereno. Well, the first thing I want to say is I'm the proud mama (laughs) that I am so, um, blessed by the children that I have, my daughters, and um, they continue to teach me. They always have taught me. Uh, Drasana especially, I, uh, I had a good friend, Priya, who kind of acted as a grandmother, and she used to always say to me in very cryptic ways as she had, uh, she is your guru, she would say to me, <laughs> no matter what she was going through. And so uh, sometimes as gurus do, which the word guru, some people have trouble with, but so I'll just say, the word guru is simple. It, it's a, um, a Sanskrit word, and it means darkness and light. So actually, the guru is the dark, the ru is the light. And a guru is someone who brings light into the darkness. So you probably have a few gurus in your own life. Everybody does. And uh, one of my main ones was Drasana, who's sitting right here. And sometimes, you know, um, the dark gets really scary, you know, and then the light comes in and you see that that you were just uh, making monsters where there aren't any. I think that's one of the roles of a guru. So uh, so the other thing I'd like to say about myself, I guess, is that uh, I'm an author, yes, but particularly a poet, uh, and that is how I've made my living for the last uh, many years. Now, that's surprising because most people don't make their living as poets. I teach poetry, <laughs> but I've been very blessed. Uh, I, it's been 20 years, over 20 years, that I've been teaching children which have become also my gurus. I've called them that, actually, to my friends. I don't tell them that. (laughs) So, um, but, you know, they teach me, they remind me, again, which is what children do. Uh, They just remind me of so many things. We can maybe talk about that as we go on. So I would say that being a parent probably is one of the most important Phases of my part and phase is not right. I'm still a parent, really, is one of the most important parts of what has made me who I am. And I'm really happy to be here. Yes, and I am also like the same, like make, being a parent, like definitely made me who I am. And, and especially because, like, I started doing the mother role, like, really early on. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes I talk about that and I, and I'm like, you know, like human bodies are actually like meant to make babies at that time. So, I mean, it's not like my body was doing anything wrong or I was doing anything wrong, but like in our society, you know, <clears throat> and that's where, you know, all the, all the conflicts came up because in our society, it's not built for kids to have 
babies at 16, 17, you know, whatever, before the 20s, really, it's really, really challenging, right? Because, like, the way that society's set up. So it's not like anything's wrong with, like, you know, sexuality in teenagers because it's actually normal for them to start, like, being curious and start thinking about that kind of stuff. I even remember telling you um, when you first got pregnant, I said, you know, I, you would be a wonderful mother. I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I said, you, I have no worries about you as a mother. It's the rest of it that is going to be difficult. <laughs> you know, the licenses, the cars, the yes. money, the telephones, all that. Um, that's the hard part. And, um, yeah. So. And you never know what you're going to get when you get a baby. Like, you could have a healthy baby, you could have a non-healthy baby or you could have twins or (laughs) I mean you know there's just like there's there's a lot of things that can happen with that and like being a teenager and and in this society it's like really like if we're living in tribes you know it might be a whole different setup but I always like to point that out like because I don't like to I don't like the idea that like there's something wrong with someone that like had babies as a teenager you know, or that there's like, you know, that, that that they should be shamed in some kind of way. And I also don't like the idea that I'm promoting teen pregnancy in any way. So there, there, it's like this, you know, this balancing act that I um, play because, you know, I do want to like support teenagers in um, whatever they're doing. And like, it takes a while to like, figure yourself out, especially in the society and like doing that with another human and being fully responsible for another human it just makes it like so much more challenging you know um and and that you have like so much awesomeness to give it doesn't mean that you're not going to give that and you have an awesome human that you're going to put into the world too it's just that delaying that in this society i feel like i encourage that you know with jazzy and i have like an 18 year old now and um a seven, a 16 year old son, you know, and, and 27 year old twins. And I don't even have, I'm not a grandma yet. So, <laughs> so, um, so far so good. <laughs> yes. And I'm not, that I'm not going to love that. I, and, mm. uh, I mean, being a parent and, and I'm sure being grandparent, like being an auntie, it's like my favorite. I, I just love children. Um, anyway, but I just wanted to kind of like touch on that just cause I, I talk about teen pregnancy a lot and I want to make sure that people understand what my stand on it is. Um, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, mama. So tell us a little bit about like what you do as a poet. Cause in the last several, like in the last 10 or more, or I don't even know how long, 20 maybe years mm-hmm. teaching poetry. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what I've learned is uh, second graders, for example, uh, well, even before that, but second graders have more words, they understand everything in a certain way. I mean, not those things that we just talked about that make um, being a teen mother difficult, for example. (laughs) They don't understand those things. But Mm -hmm. they understand um, much more than we think they do. And uh, what they understand is the connections between things, which actually education teaches us to divide things. That's what I think. So we put things in boxes, and it's useful. It's useful. You know, you have your mathematics and your geometry and your cooking and whatever you've got. You're learning all these different things. And then we get things more and more tightly in boxes, it seems to me, through education. Mm. And But a child, at the very beginning, when I first worked with first grade, second grade, if I say to them, um, which color drives a sports car? They all raise their hand. I don't have to explain anything. <laughs> they all know what color, right? And they also know that there's no right answer. It's like they yeah. know that there's just, they trust what comes through. And so my job as a poet is to really uh, encourage that, is to make sure that they see how precious that is, that they have their own uh, sense of things, you know, like who lives in your pocket, um, you know, what's the weather like in your desk, you know, these are the kinds of questions I get to ask, I'm so happy, it's a wonderful job, <laughs> and they always have interesting answers, and they love it, and that's the other thing, like, uh, you know, and it's interesting too, because I'll just do a little picture for poetry, yeah. most most adults 
well, maybe that isn't totally true. It depends on your generation, I think. But adults in my generation, they mostly say they hate poetry. Most adults I know. They, when you really, when, you know, push comes to shove, <laughs> if you're at a dinner party or something, and you say you're a poet, mm, they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and because they've got this idea, you know, that poetry is this esoteric, weird stuff that nobody understands, you know, and who would ever want it, you know. Although... When somebody's getting married, a baby's born, someone dies, they reach for poetry. So there is that. But most people, you know, think poetry is just this weird thing. So um, I'm not even sure why I started that. But what I would just say is that um, poetry is the language of um, of the imagination, of the heart. The word imagination has magic in it. Uh, I, I hope I keep the magic alive in myself. That's what the kids help me do, and um, and in them. So, yeah. So, like, um, you know, the thirty day theta is about like holding a space for theta in the nighttime and in the morning, but also like learning how to like get into like alpha and theta states, like uh, in the brain um, during the daytime. So, like, being aware of what that state is like when you're kind of heading towards bed and heading toward you're waking up in the morning, your brain is already slowed down. And through meditation, we're trying to slow our brains down again, right? To like the alpha and theta states, which are actually where kids are at up until about seven. They spend all their time in alpha and theta. They don't even go into delta like we do all day, you know? And then sometimes we're in gamma, we get really, really fast. Um, and their thoughts are, more organized because I, I was talking about this before and I, I hopefully it's a good analogy because I keep using it. <laughs> There's a, like a hand mixer, you know, when you put a hand mixer into the fluid, if it's on a low speed, it's really easy to control the ingredients. Everything kind of just spins around and you neatly are mixing something. But as you increase the speed, you know, if your bowl's not deep enough, right, then you get a big spatter all over the place. So when the brain starts speeding up, especially if we don't have a deep bowl, which I feel like the deep bowl is like knowing how to, you know, maybe like organize the thoughts or already having done that in those slower speeds, right? Because like you usually increase the speeds as you're using the, the hand mixer so that you can control the ingredients and not just revving right up to, you know, putting it right into the fluid at full speed. So that's also like when you're waking up in the morning, allowing the brain to be like a little bit slower so that you can like organize your thoughts and, you know, <clears throat> and we're bridging the, the conscious and the subconscious mind during that time. So like programming happens during the alpha and theta states. And so that's also why, you know, kids are programming during these alpha and theta states. It's ha it's really where the programming happens. It seems for everyone. So, um, you know, we're, as we're going through our days in Delta, we're almost in our, in our unconscious mind. The subconscious is running the show because we know that the subconscious is running the show most of the time. So if we can get back down to that slower speed, then we can, and, and, you know, sometimes it happens when you're doing things like poetry and like creative things. And, you know, um, one of the things I was thinking about mom and I'm like totally talking, just Bob rambling, but, um, no, it's good. I, the bowl is really good. The deeper bowl. I like that. Yeah, so yeah. we're trying to create a deeper bowl, right? We're trying to create a deeper bowl. But what were you going to say just now? The, mm -hmm. I will. And, the, and the, the, the bowl has more space, you know? That's that's what we're trying to create is more space. So I think it really does, the analogy does work. Um, Drasana Discovers the Secret Center is a book that my mom wrote oh. for me when I was going to turn seven. Uh, I think you gave it to me when I turned seven, right? I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyways, I was thinking about bringing it back to life and actually... I kind of want to rewrite like just a little parts if we like put it out, but Collaboration, yes. we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have it, you know, on a digital copy now, but Drasana, Drasana discovers the secret center was about almost like going into theta and like into alpha and theta, like being, you know, in that sacred space of when the brain is like slower. So like what Drasana discovers the secret center is about is like dreams and, it's actually about lucid dreaming, which is really cool. Like about, you know, it's for kids about lucid dreaming and how to like um, manage your, your dream, like that you're in control of your dream. And it talks about in there how 
it, you're there when you're in your creative space in this secret center, right? So not only do you get there when you're dreaming and you can lucid dream when you realize it, but you're also there when you're creating and when you're poet, you're doing poetry or when you're writing, journaling, you know, things like that, your brain really does actually slow down. So that's the secret center. I love it. <laughs> I, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I was like, she wrote me this book about like what I was going to do like 40 mm. years later. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> well, time is circular, not linear like we think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it goes around. And I love that because, you know, when I'm working with children, I often, you'll see some kids, you know, biting their pencil and they're, they're worried about getting it wrong. And I'll say, oh, don't worry. You can't worry and write a poem at the same time. <laughs> There's no way. You know, the poetry mind is, the, is outside of the worry mind. Yes. So it's interesting, worry and world, they're probably connected. You know, that thing yeah. happens inside. So, um, yeah. So, and yeah, I think, and I would, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I think the, the creative process has been my life calling, really. Uh, I did my master's thesis in psychology on the creative process. So I did a, an experiment that was basically, I don't know if you know this, but it, I did it way before you were born. And uh, it was, uh, I exposed people, the, the um, not the control group, but the experimental group, as they called it in those days, uh, to opening up their senses so they they smelled things and tasted things we did a whole series of things for a couple of weeks and then we tested their creativity and everybody's creativity got better of course so um but the idea was that you know that's we have to open in order for uh, new things to come up so it's also it's receiving and i think the theta Delta things you're talking about, the wavelengths, those, there's more possibility of receiving. That deeper bowl is a more receptive uh, place. Yes. Like if we can um, clear out more space, like, you know, by like journaling, you know, or something at nighttime, or even like, I feel like, you know, when I listen to binarial tones, like it just helps my brain to slow down so mm. that there can be like an organization during that time of day because you know sometimes like we're watching our phone all the way up until the time when we go to sleep and i've talked to adults about this recently that you know they're having problems like putting their phone down at nighttime even even grown-ups you know that know that know better um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like me you know like i know better that that i shouldn't have my phone next to me at, at my at bedtime and so but still i would do it sometimes and so that's also one of the reasons why you know, I'm encouraging other people to do the same thing I'm doing, which is now I plug it in across the room at nighttime. I put on my tones and, you know, that goes all night. Like, you know, I have like either nature or I have binaural tones playing all night. And then when I wake up in the morning, it's still playing. And mm. yeah, to me, like that just really quiet. I like having the music at nighttime um, or you could, you know, set it for like a timer if you don't want to have it all the way through the night. But um, at least having your phone away from your body is, is the goal for at least like, you know, 10 to 30 minutes before you go to bed. That's one of the goals of the 30 day theta is to like disconnect from the device. Cause it, like I was talking to my friend Connie and I was like, this thing has like a pull on us, you know, this, this blue, you know, and, and we have so many of them. This is like not the only one is the phone. Like we have the computer and the, the TV and the iPads and whatever. And they emit these positive ions that, you know, actually like charge us up. And so we need to like, you know, let go of that a little bit so that we can actually slow down and process. And like you said, allow things in because the only way we can allow the new information in, like, you know, if the bowl's really, really full. There's no space for it. It's just going to fly everywhere, right? When the blender starts. <laughs> I love that blender idea. <laughs> it, it's from experience, I can tell. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I love that. That like and and so um, I think you know poetry like and and journaling. You could just write like freely. You know, you don't need to be like uh, like I, I wrote the thirty day theta journal with prompts, but like it doesn't need to say anything. It just mm -hmm. needs to be whatever's coming to your mind because like sometimes we just like dreaming is almost to me like a 
like mental purge, you know, mm -hmm. that you're doing. And so you're also mentally purging when you're just getting it out. It's like when you're talking to someone, you know, and it feels really good, like you just got to get it out, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. journaling can do that for you as well. And um, in the new prompts, I one of the things that I encourage people to do is write a letter to somebody that they want to forgive. Because sometimes it's hard to, like, say things, you know, but we want to say it, and we need to, like, get it out at least. And we can – somebody that's passed away or somebody that you don't really want to talk to, you could write them a letter so that you can kind of purge that feeling, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, um, and poetry can have that same effect, I think. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I was thinking about the forgiveness thing because we mentioned it before we came together. And uh, I had a couple of thoughts. One was – about the word itself, forgive, mm -hmm. which actually kind of means give first or before uh, or something like that. And then I thought, well, that's a little bit like play it forward, pay it forward, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like someone um, gave something to you and now you're going to uh, give it uh, uh, forward. So that was one thought I had. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, yeah, that the person who you're giving it to doesn't have to deserve it exactly. You're yeah. just you're just p paying it forward. That's one thing. The other thought I had that felt really strong to me is that um, that the only that it's much easier. This is what I thought. It's much easier to forgive someone who has forgiven themselves. That's what I thought. And I'm not exactly even sure where that came from. Probably I'm doing the faded challenge. Maybe it came from there. <laughs> so from the bottom of the bowl, which I hardly ever get to sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, but I really felt that, you know, like, and I thought that's true for me too. If I've forgiven something in myself, then other people can also forgive it more easily because I'm just more relaxed. I'm just, uh, what I'm giving out, the vibration that's coming from me is more loving because I've been able to love myself. And if I'm able to do that, then people can forgive it. And, and it's a strange thing anyway that we have so much blame in our culture and in our minds. I mean, I think that somehow blame has become... Um, a huge thing. I think it is because we're more left-brained. We're more uh, looking for fault and blame, and the news is like that, and everybody's, whose fault is it, you know? And, and then we all grow up with this sort of um, seething <laughs> blame uh, that just is sort of freeform. It sort of just falls into us almost. And um, so that if we can somehow just sit with ourselves and be more loving to ourselves, uh, it'll be easier to forgive other people. And, and other people will be easier to forgive us. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I agree. And when we forgive ourselves, like actually we respond to people and the world differently, you know, um, because like when we have, like, especially as a parent, like if you, you're not forgiving yourself for stuff, then you're projecting onto your kid sometimes, you know, a lot of the time, probably <clears throat> um, the things that you're afraid that you did wrong you're trying to prevent them from doing it right and like mm. you're constantly trying to prevent them from doing it so much that you sometimes even push them into it because it's like connie and i were talking about again my friend um we go we went live a couple times um about what you tell a kid is what they hear so when you tell them don't do something all they hear is the rest of it they don't hear the don't part <laughs> That's actually something we use in poetry. Yeah. You, say, you know, there's, this poem is not about an elephant. There's no elephant in this poem. You won't see his trunk. You, you know, you go, <laughs> and you've got an elephant in the room, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. She was just saying, you know, when we tell kids, don't run, don't run, don't run, then, then they, of course, run. But if we say walk, 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 we use a walking feet, you know. And I, and I was saying it's the same with teenagers, you know, is like, you know, um, you got this, you know, like Brandon um, wanted to sign up for his driving t lessons. And um, he's, you know, trying to put the blame on mom that we haven't signed up for the driving lessons yet. And I said, as soon as you get to the credit card part, you get me or if you have a problem before that, you can get me. But I'm pretty sure that you can figure that out. And, and, you know, get to that point where all you need is my credit card for me. All you really need is my money, right? At this point, you got a lot figured out, you know, other than the money thing at 16. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously there's tons of things to figure out still. But like, I, but like telling him that he could, you know, was like, 
enough. And then he had his first driving lesson yesterday. So very good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like some of the rules I make in poetry class. Uh, when I get to older kids, usually I don't have to worry about this with younger kids, but there'll be kids who say, what are we doing? And I'll say, I just spent the last 15 minutes telling us what we're doing. And so I say, that's not really, um, a, line, a question that's allowed you can tell me i get this i get this but i don't get this you could you show me that you listened to some right. extent what part did you hear? <laughs> yeah that part if, if you tell me that i'm willing to answer any question but if you just say i don't get it no it's not allowed and i've actually seen once i started that i did see in one teacher's classroom i don't get it and what are we doing we're on her uh, you know she had it on her wall big sign these are not allowed <laughs> i don't get it and what are we doing so that's kind of what you said you're doing with Brandon, right? It's like, um, yeah, empower. It's really empowering, actually. It's saying you, you don't have to just depend on me. You have lots of resources. That's what it's saying, and you can do these things. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and and so, I, I we kind of went out of the topic. Uh, we did. <laughs> I lost my train there, but um, but yeah, I and uh, but but let's like go back to forgiveness, maybe about that. And I just want to say I forgive you, Mama, for everything. And I, I apologize because I know I was not an easy kid. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, there's there's reasons why, like, things were the way they were in all the situations in our lives. And I feel like it really, like, was great for me, honestly. Like, I feel like my life is great. And, I, I, like, like you said, like, when you, when you, one, forgive people, but then, two, I really would like go a step further to say like, look at the good that is in your life and like, look at the things that you like about yourself, you know, and, and how that situation and some of the third day theta journal is about that is like, you know, how did these situations like lead you to thinking the way that you think or like, what kind of benefit did these situations give you, you know, cause like if I didn't have all these situations in my life, like I wouldn't be able to empathize in, in the ways that I am with, so many people and like truly understand it and really like get to the point where I feel like, you know, like I'm doing a good job in life. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would have gotten there had it been for, you know, not for all those things, you know, and like, and when I look at them, I really do fondly look at like every memory and I'm like, you know, so thank you. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we've been working on it for many years, I think, forgiving uh, ourselves and each other. Mm -hmm. And when you said that part about um, kids can feel uh, when you've got some guilt that you've got uh, um, and you haven't forgiven yourself, and I think that probably was true uh, for me that you were feeling, you know, for years I felt, uh, I mean, I'll be specific, you know, that I wasn't always there physically in your life. And uh, it was a very hard uh, choice I made. Uh, I was working on myself in some way that felt absolutely essential, crucial, actually crucial, because I had lost uh, my parents and my in-laws all very fast. Everybody died suddenly. Yeah, and, you should talk um, about that. I was thinking about that, because that mm -hmm. was actually one of the things I was thinking about the other day when we were talking about forgiveness, and I was like, man, like, really, like, sit and think about, like, how that was for your mom, like, losing all those parents and then not having the parents like I've had you the whole time when I've been raising mm -hmm. kids and like that has been so awesome I mean <laughs> the kids love you and you've had like you know times when you've taken them for weeks in the summer and like like I posted a thing the other day and I was like I wish I could send Brandon right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I'd take him if from... I could if it wasn't for COVID I'd say Bring I know. Him on. yeah I know. yeah and so but yeah I mean you lost all your parents. Like my, my dad and her were married um, when I was, before I was born, obviously. And then your, your dad passed away first, I think, right? Mm -hmm. From cancer. Yes. Uh -huh. And um, I was, let's see, we got married at 21. We got married very early, right out of college. And um, I was 28, 27 or 28 when my father died. So we waited. We weren't sure we were going to have children, actually, uh, mainly because of me. I wasn't sure that I, I didn't want to just take that for granted. We had birth control, finally, in this world and women's liberation, and it was like you could do whatever you want. It is interesting that when my father died, um, 
I felt like I, I changed my focus in some way in my life. It wasn't just that. I also had a very deep spiritual experience in my uh, about 23, age of 23. It was a, I just will briefly say, because it, it affected everything that happened after that. Uh, and that was that I had this experience of, uh, the best way to say it is a deeply familiar love that washed over me. And I was actually kind of an atheist, or I think I called myself an atheist at that time, before that. <laughs> but when I had the experience, I thought, oh, this is what they're talking about when they say God. Mm. And I remembered it. I re it was like I... I knew that everything else I'd experienced was less real than this. This was the most real thing you could experience. And I even thought, how could you forget this? How did I forget this? This is just amazing. So that happened when I was about 23. Uh, when my father passed, and I, was, I had the most wonderful uh, opportunity to be with him a lot before he passed, uh, strangely how life works i was on a grant which i didn't even know i was working as a counselor they said oops your money ran out we have to re-up it you have to go for, away for a while and my father got sick so i went right home mm -hmm. i sat by his bedside uh eight hours a day sometimes um he could he was had a brain tumor so he wasn't always quite in the same uh wavelength but i loved it because um we drew pictures together we played games we i sang to him it was just, I feel so blessed that I had that time with him. And then he passed. And at that point, I had been a psychotherapist. Uh, I worked at a university counseling center um, and all that. I, I had done what I thought I was going to do. And I realized there was something much bigger to do. And, um, and I realized that it was somehow returning to that space I visited, that had visited me. I don't even know how to say it. Uh, to get as deep as I could into that space. And what came was, have a child. And you are the result of that. I don't know if I've, I've never told the story quite that way. <laughs> no. have I? Yeah. No. And I thought, yes, I think that you, I, and I think it worked. <laughs> it totally worked. And it was not easy. As I said, you're my guru. It totally worked because um, I had to open myself in ways that I would have just, if I just would have been that psychotherapist, and I, I was good at things as a young woman. So I rose quickly. I was the head of departments already. I was 28 years old. Um, and, you know, I might have just went that way and missed everything. <laughs> it was really important, and I knew that somehow. So, um, so that's what made me decide to, to have children. And I don't know what the first question was, actually, now that now that, no, I told that's okay. that story. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's. But oh, I know I was talking about though, you know, um, the guilt that I carried. So then, what did happen? I, I will continue that because it has to do with the forgiveness part, and um, so so out of the experience of everybody dying, it, it didn't just stop with my father. It went on very intensely, and uh, four people died, all in very difficult ways. Actually, it wasn't they weren't easy passings. They were young for one thing, all in their fifties. And then um, my husband and I were in such different planes of existence, really. I, I deeply love this man, as Rasana knows. Uh, we are forever and ever connected as lovers and friends, although we're married to different people <laughs> So um, at this point. Um, but he was in such a different space, and he left for another woman. And so then I was alone. Um, but the thing was, at that point, I had found this, this my guru. Uh, and it's funny, I don't, I don't think he ever called himself a guru because he knew the, the sound of that word in the West was not um, very favorable. But uh, What do you call but, himself, a mystic or something, Mama? Yeah, a mystic, yeah, a mystic, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the way he described a mystic, I loved, because it wasn't like a mystic knows the answer to the mystery, the mystic lives in the mystery. So in other words, the mystery just gets bigger. It doesn't get like solved. <laughs> it's just like yeah. the, the more, and that's interesting, even as I say it, I do feel some success in that. I don't always feel utterly successful as a meditator or any of that. It's, it's a long path and it's not easy. The mind it's is so, so 
and the mind is so strong and um, the culture is so strong at creating that mind. So that's why it's good to unplug like what you're saying. And, mm-hmm. um, but I do see, you know, a little bit of, of that um, <laughs> progress in a sense. Um, forgot exactly which, where, where we were in that story. But, in, in ocean. Oh, yeah. Because I do feel, exactly, I feel the mystery deepening. Oh, I even feel good saying that because I can feel that is probably the main uh, spiritual experience I have now in my life, and it's very frequent. I would say every day, at least, many times a day, I visit a sense of profound mystery that what is this? How did we get here? What is... um, You know, it's just so amazing. (laughs) I was talking about that, too, about, mm -hmm. like, you know, because you, you sent me that quote by Osho, which mm. was about waking up in the morning. And it was, like, perfect because that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, waking up with this, like, child's eye almost in the morning of, like, the morning is, like, fresh. And, like, and not even just when you wake up, but, like, one of the things that I've been talking to parents about is, like, you know, as all the things are chaos and the swirling is happening and, the, you know, the busy madness is happening... And then there's, like, the two-year-old that's, like, ooh, the pretty flower, mm. you know? And, and, and sometimes we just whisk them away from the flower because we have five minutes to get to somewhere. But sometimes, and I would say frequently, if you stop for, like, 10 to 60 seconds with a child um, and, and, and see that wonder, for one, it's going to get you to stop and see the wonder, which will help you speed up throughout the rest of your day because you know like as you, when you're really really speeding up and getting fast and like things are kind of start falling and they, they don't really <laughs> work that well right when you start to go so fast <clears throat> and sometimes if you can just stop for just a moment because maybe the kid wants to look at the flower and then one it'll like prevent the tantrum and two it's going to help you stop for a couple seconds and three it's probably not going to make you late like to stop for 60 seconds matter of fact not stopping will probably end up taking longer, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it takes a while to learn that, them. yeah. They are very determined. And, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes all they, ju- they just want to be seen like everybody else, right? They just want to be seen like everybody else. So, but, like, stopping for that wonder in the morning and, and seeing, like, out of a child's eyes. And I was also talking about how the brain, um, it, we haven't accessed all the parts of it yet and so that's kind of the mystery right it's like we keep mm. talking about how we're only using 10 percent of our brain whatever and like how the heck are we going to get to access it if we don't like intentionally do things that you know help us access other parts of our brain which is actually slowing down because in the chaos we can't like really reach all the pieces of the ingredients down at the bottom of the bowl right like you said you know like the mixer's going so hard you can't even hit the bottom of the bowl right the 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 flower that's down there at the bottom, you need to turn it down for it to get that. So Yeah. Um, I like it. <laughs> Makes yeah. me want to go make something with the mixer. Right? I know. It's just a season to be making stuff. It's right? a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. And, and, and uh, I, yeah, I, there was something else I wanted to talk about when you were talking, but I, I can't remember. Well, I didn't quite finish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The thing about leaving you, because that was really where the forgiveness, I feel, has to come in. Um, and that is that, so in that chaos of uh, being no partner anymore, no um, no parents. But not. it isn't just that, I, I mean, I certainly I missed all those people. But it was more, I even told people that where I worked at the counseling center, I said, you know, um, psychology, Western psychology doesn't deal with what I'm touching you know, it was that experience I had of that, that profound memory of familiar love. But also with my parents as they were dying, my father in particular, there was something very beautiful there. And Wes just sees like death is bad and over. And what is that other thing? What are, you know, so those questions were very deep. And then I did find Osho, the mystic. And, um, and my husband decided to go, go, go with another woman. And uh, it opened the possibility for me to meet him, and I went. And um, and I did spend time back and forth. Uh, luckily, you actually got to meet him yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what your memory is like, but 
to me, um, when I sat with him, I was in that space that I found uh, by accident years before. It was a loving, familiar, spacious, deep bowl. <laughs> so, um, and I always hoped, you know, that whatever I was receiving, uh, I could give back more. And that was always a part of the journey when I was coming and going. Yeah. Said, I, I would go for all of us. I, that's how I felt. You and your sister also. That whatever, I was going to drink what I could and make sure I had plenty to give back. Yep. And that's one of the things I said on that video. Um, I sent it to you guys about, like, um, that it was for us. You know, it was for you and it was for us. And it was for, like, humanity on a bigger scale mm -hmm. even. Because you've touched so many lives since that time, um, you know, and and I think that it was beautiful. I I really do. Like I said, I I mean, I one of the things I wanted to say is that you know, teaching kids meditation, um, even though I didn't practice it my whole life, um, I was somehow able to like go there, even in my whirlwind of raising four kids and not meditating <laughs> and um because i my i had already trained my brain to slow down you know not, i'm not saying that you, you should go without practicing meditation but what i am saying is if you teach kids meditation that they might actually be able to slow their brains down even if they don't decide not to practice meditation for a while during their lives mm. um, they go in and out of practice um, that it will be, it will be something that's familiar to them, and it will be something that trains their brain, even if they don't meditate, to like slow down and and um, think of things in a different way and watch the thoughts as not your own necessarily, but like as just part of the busyness that happens in the brain. So, I would highly encourage everyone to teach their children meditation, and I didn't teach my kids meditation. Um, my 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 twins are doing it now. They taught themselves meditation, and with Jazzy and Brandon, I'm teaching them now. Um, oh, this is this is Easter. I'm I'm in a Cezaya and and, the, and her today. Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> so um, and and Zaya has brought up even more of like the oh, just like the the wonder of like of a. Mm. You know, like when you get to be around a child, a little child again, you just like, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's so amazing. Like you just, they're, they're our teachers. They really are our teachers. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I was just, oh, and I wanted to jump back to the thing about the mystic, um, Osho. He did not say he was God, you know, and I just want to make sure that that's like clear that like gurus don't. I mean, I would say a good guru or teacher, spiritual teacher, whatever the heck you want to call them, isn't claiming that they're God or that they're some kind of prophecy at all. That's not what he was doing at all. Like, he had a message and he wanted to share it. He had ideas about, like, how we could, you know, live differently. And he wanted to share that and he created it. And I think it was, he had a really great idea, you know, about how to live. And um, I think he's, he was amazing. And also, I also think that he was human. And, you know, when you watch the Wild Wild Country, which is about <laughs> his experience, um, you'll see that there was a human aspect of the whole situation. Yeah. And what I would just say about the Wild Wild Country is that it's an outsider's view. It's not, it doesn't yes. show the inside view at all, really. Mm -hmm. And so, and it, it, it's a journalist um, a gathering. Those people never were there. Yeah. Uh, they actually just looked at footage that the journalists gathered um, with a kind of prejudice, and really. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a whole other side to the story. Yeah, and it's not like I was, like, you know, dancing naked or whatever, mm -hmm. like, whatever, if I wanted to, that that would have been okay, too, probably. Um <laughs> But it wasn't like, you know, I just feel like there's this weird, I do, with that Wild Wild Country, like, undertone about that experience um, yeah. that is not how it was for the people that were experiencing exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And his ideas were, like, so forward-thinking. Like, now it would probably mm. be received differently. You know, like, there's people 
that are now more open to like meditation and like just because you're Christian doesn't mean you can't meditate. Like actually there's places in the Bible that talk about meditation. If you, you know, it depends on your perspective, right? Like you can always, um, there goes my sister again. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you, yeah, there's, there's parts in the Bible. And I was, cause I was even reading last night cause I was talking about chakras and I was like, well, am I going to like offend some of my Christian friends? Um, by talking about chakras, like, is that illegal? And, you know, there's different schools of thought on it. Like, you can interpret the Bible however you want to interpret the Bible, but um, but I would say Osho was not necessarily going against the Bible. Um, <clears throat> oh, not at all, no. I just don't feel like any... I, I feel like when you... Like, there is no wrong path to God. Like, that's, you know, like, mm -hmm. everybody's so stuck on, like, what's the right path to God and like this 30 day theta challenge doesn't have anything to do with like my spiritual beliefs. It's about actual like things that we know about the brain and the way that the brain works and then holding a space for that. And like, whatever that means for you, maybe it's listening to your pastor. Maybe it's listening to Osho. Maybe it's, you know, saying positive affirmations. It's whatever your soul is needing right now. And like, there is no wrong path to God and it's all the same path. I mean, it all leads to the same, the same entity. There is no separate entities. There is no, you know, Allah and I am, and then, you know, Hindus got whoever, you know, I, there, all these names that we call this mm. like, huge power that exists here, God, or the universe, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same forever, whoever we are. And I just want more inclusion. Like, that's a message I really want to, like, help mm. people understand is, like, there doesn't have to be so much division and, and like fear around other people's beliefs, you know, it, just because you don't believe it, it doesn't mean that it's, that it's incorrect. And it also doesn't mean that they're not going to get to God. Mm. And love is the, what it feels and, like when you yeah. hear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we've all felt it like, and you know, they say we can measure the God experience, you know, like when we do like um, brain scans, like mm -hmm. when somebody's experiencing God, like there's, this measurable thing that happens and that's real and it's real regardless what you call him how you practice whatever that love is um and yeah the 30-day theta challenge is just to help you like i said slow your mind down and like get a connection between the conscious and the subconscious and like be able to organize the brain a little bit more you know and so you got to be my guru again <laughs> And I want to say one more thing, and I, maybe we should go. But yeah. um, and that is that my my morning meditation, which now I'm getting up earlier. You know, somehow my uh, inner clock is getting me up at like five something, and so it's great because that means I have time and I just sit. And I was kind of just thinking of things actually this morning. A lot of things was thinking about, and then all of a sudden I thought, oh wait a minute, remember that that. Uh, meditation that you put up you know to think that the day is going to be really beautiful and really joyous and i thought oh i forgot to do that so after i'd sat there for half an hour or something and planning a class or something and um so i did it i sat there and i really felt that like this is going to be a day full of really amazing joys yeah. and look at this in fact that's why i don't know if you saw there were some tears coming a while back and that's what they were coming from i thought oh wow it worked <laughs> my day is full of joy <laughs> so this 30-day challenge really works <laughs> yes yeah i i just i like i in the morning not touching my phone is so big for me you know like not going right to my phone um and then my mind i let my mind go you know and then one of the things i was talking about too is like sometimes in the shower i'll go in the shower and like and then just like practice gratitude like oh my gosh this water is like mm. so great like thank <laughs> god i have this hot water and a towel and it, like where it's just coming automatically out of this magical spout you know and then like um the other night i was like rubbing my arms and i was like oh arms you are so good and thank you so much <laughs> for all the things you do i just wanted to repeat this again because i think you know talking to ourselves like every mm. cell in our body is alive you know they do something and like you know <clears throat> um, there's that movie heal that talks about people healing themselves right like from all from ailments and that you know i'm not saying that like it's this magic potion that's like going to be like you're all going to be all better if you 
just do one thing and you're going to be fixed. It's a lifelong journey, like you said, for one. <laughs> and it and it's done intentionally, you know, um, like constantly. And I think like really even like speaking to ourselves, like, and tell, you know, what the internal dialogue is around, you know, like, oh, my stomach hurts or whatever. Like, stomach, what are you telling me? You know, like, what do I need to do right now? You know, why is, is my neck... My neck is kind of feeling like, do I need to stand up right now? Like, do I need to stretch out right now? Thank you, body, for reminding me that I've been sitting in this chair for five hours. <laughs> not getting up, you know, and uh, yeah, just the being in tune a little bit more. And um, anyway, yeah, that's. Amen, sister. <laughs> yeah, Mama, thank mm. you so much for coming on. And, I, and uh, if you want to learn more about my mom and her journey, um, she's written multiple books. And the first one, she talked about like the death of her parents and, and, uh, and my dad's parents and the divorce. I think all that's in um, your first book. It right? is. Which is mm -hmm. Everyday Miracles by Parto Sereno. Is it Parto Sereno? It's just Parto, that one. Parto. Everything mm -hmm. else is poetry, mostly. That's right. <laughs> illustrated. Mm -hmm. Causing a stir. And that's the um, illustrated poetry book that is like has a poem for every utensil in the kitchen and it kind of explores that it's really fun um the first one is a memoir each chapter is a, is a letter from the alphabet that represents a, a word and then there's a story behind the word and so i always say yeah it's not in uh, chronological order it's an alphabetical right order. <laughs> alphabetical yeah. order yeah and so if you wanted to read more be good to go on my website which is partosereno.com mm -hmm. yep and offering Anything that someone could join? I do a Zoom uh, poetry class for adults. I do, uh, I've actually got two sections of it because it's pretty popular and I limit it to 20 people on a screen. So um, I'll be starting again January 19th with a new uh, new workshop. Go to your website, we should find it because you're going to put it. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. That was such a good conversation with my mama and I am so glad I got to have her on here. I just love her so much. And if you want to find out more about the 30 day theta challenge and what I am offering, you can go to my website at drasanamoss.com or you can go on my Instagram and there's a link there in my bio.